sons and daughters, daughters and sons, we have an incredible interview for you today. We have Evan Hughes on the podcast, but before we get into that, got to start off with a hokey haiku written by <clears throat> yours truly. Here we go. Evan Hughes is here, sons of great sports broadcasting, Jim Nance finalist. With that in mind, today's interview with Evan is presented by Main Street Pharmacy, our friends at MSP, sons of supporting local business. Guys, we say it every week, and we will continue to say it until the end of eternity. Head on down to Main Street Pharmacy for all of your COVID-19, prescription, cold drinks, waiting, and sons of snackery needs. Dr. Jeremy Counts and his staff pride themselves on pristine customer service and will greet you with a smile. They're located at 301 South Main Street, Suite 107. Again, that is 301 South Main Street, Suite 107, Blacksburg, Virginia. So go ahead and get yourself on down there. Folks, I am fired up for today's interview for a plethora of reasons. First, Evan Hughes is a longtime friend, not only of the Sons of Saturday, but the entire Wimbish family as a collective. Evan grew up in Hanover County, Virginia, where he attended Patrick Henry High School, home of the Patriots. It was here where Evan started Patriot Talk Live, where he and his father were on the call for every football, basketball, softball, soccer, and volleyball match. There was probably more that I'm forgetting, but regardless, he covered it all. PTL garnered the attention of a man named Bill Roth, you might have heard of him, who called Evan a five-star recruit and a must-have for an up-and-coming sports journalism program at Virginia Tech. Evan is now a rising senior at Virginia Tech, where he has spent time broadcasting for ESPN, the ACC Network, and a plethora of other media outlets. Just recently, Evan finished second in the country in the running for the Jim Nance Award given to the nation's top collegiate sports broadcaster. Hey, he's number one in my book. Ladies and gentlemen, he needs no introduction. Evan Hughes, welcome to the podcast. How you doing, man? I am doing. Uh, I'm doing so well. Thank you so much for having me on, GWIM. Um, I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. I'm thrilled to talk with you. And uh, I think my favorite thing out of everything you just said, longtime family friend, of the Wimbishes, the GOAT family, the Wimbish family. I uh, love you guys and uh, just uh, so proud of you and all you're doing, as well as uh, Bill and Pat and uh, fired up to be here. Hey, man, we appreciate you. I know I know, mom, dad, and Hampton and Carrie would be very, very happy to hear you say those words. So we're very thankful for you, Evan. So we're going to kick this thing off the way we always do. We're going to run some questions down, but number one on that list is who is Evan Hughes? Wow. Um, well, Evan Hughes is a uh, is a rising senior at Virginia Tech. Hard to believe uh, in the sports media and analytics program. Uh, somebody who just loves to be around people, uh, loves to get to know individuals and uh, share stories like we try and do as storytellers and broadcasters. But um, you know, love uh, broadcasting. It's my passion. It's my love. I'm very thankful to be at Virginia Tech and able to do that. Uh, love hanging out with friends, being with friends. Uh, love spending my free time volunteering for Comfort Zone Camp when I can. Uh, but really, I'm just an overall people guy. So if you don't know me, you see me in Blacksburg, please come up and introduce yourselves because I just love uh, getting to chat with individuals. 
That is incredible. And that's why, that's why everybody loves Evan Hughes. So Evan, when exactly, take us all the way back to the beginning here. When exactly did you first know that you wanted to go into sports broadcasting? I think I really knew my freshman year of high school that it was exactly what I wanted to do. Um, when I was in middle school, I always uh, tell people this. I, I, I say that I, I figured out very quickly that I was not uh, gifted athletically uh, to play sports, but I loved sports uh, growing up. And so uh, when I was in middle school, uh, my sister was playing softball for uh, Rockville Youth Sports in Hanover County. And um, she was getting ready to start a district tournament the next day. So they were practicing the night before, even though there were some older age divisions playing at Rockville. And as I'm walking up to watch my sister practice, uh, the commissioner at the time, a great family friend, Beth Radcliffe, said, hey, we need a public address announcer and literally just like threw me onto the mic, uh, not knowing what PA even stood for at the time. And so reading out the lineup card and I just remember thinking, wow, this is really fun to be on the microphone. And so started my own online radio talk show, Sports World with Evan Hughes and middle school and blog talk radio. Nobody listened to it, but I loved doing it. Uh, my dad was my co-host. And, uh, and then I got to high school and I, I, I remember asking myself a question, you know, what am I going to do for the next four years? Because, you know, I'm not, again, I'm not good enough to play any sports, but I love sports. And I know that this is what I want to do. So I started uh, Patriot Talk Live. Uh, which would be fully dedicated to covering all of Patrick Henry High School's athletic events. So in February of 2014, I started doing a weekly talk show, interviewing different Patrick Henry High School um, athletes. But then about a month into it, I started doing play-by-play and really found the love of doing that. So it transformed from being a talk show to doing play-by-play of every home and away football game and doing a weekly coaches show at a restaurant and we even did wrestling and golf. We did it all. We got sponsorships. And by my senior year, it had really grown into something special that the community was able to rally behind. And uh, to this day, it's some of the best years I've ever uh, had in my life uh, broadcasting for Patriot Talk Live. So, and How special was that to do that with your, with your dad? I mean, I, I, for those who don't know, you did Patriot Talk Live with your old man. What was that like? So I'd always refer to him on the air as Kelly because that's his name, Kelly Hughes. And I I uh, thought that, you know, asking your analyst, hey, dad, what do you think about this? You know, I needed to be able to call him Kelly. So I had permission on the air to call him Kelly. But then off the air, it was dad. Even though everybody listening to Patriot Talk Live knew it was a father-son thing, I uh, always called him Kelly on the air. And still to this day, a lot of my friends still call him Kelly just from all the years of listening to him on, on PTL. But no, it was really special. I mean, I can remember the first game that I called. It was a Patrick Henry Godwin game freshman year. And this was before we had headsets, blog talk radio. You actually call into a number on your phone and I'm calling the game on my cell phone. And my dad would call in on his phone right next to me in the press box. And we would call together. And at the time we didn't have any sponsorships. So Grayson, we got two hours free. So that meant we could call quarters one, two, and three. And then the fourth quarter we were done. So I would just tell people on the air, like, Hey, follow us on Twitter. We'll give you tweet updates. But it was, um, it was really special. It was really special to do with my dad. And it kind of became a hobby of his as well. So he was my analyst for everything. I mean, we would prepare for things together. He would keep a book for all the games. Um, he's my number one supporter. And uh, it was just a really, you know, and then, you know, senior year down the road, you know, we got to call a state championship together. I mean, there was just a lot of really special memories that we shared together. So I'll always say this. I'll never work with a better analyst than – uh, than my dad, but of course, for uh, sentimental reasons, of course. 
Love that, man. That, that absolutely rocks. So after all of the success of PTL and your official visit, we'll call it, at Virginia Tech, why did you choose Blacksburg as your home for the next four years as opposed to like a Syracuse Newhouse or a Northwestern? Well, I had grown up in a Hokie household. Um, my dad played soccer at Virginia Tech uh, in the 80s, was actually on the same team at one point as the great Kevin Finn. Uh, and then the great Jerry Shanae, who I think many Hokie fans um, should know, who at one point at Virginia Tech in the 80s coached men's soccer, wrestling, and men's golf all in the same year. Uh, shout out Coach Jerry Shanae. Um, but uh, he played at Virginia Tech. So I had already kind of already had a connection to Tech. And, um, you know, for me growing up, listen to Bill Roth. I mean, I listened to Virginia Tech games, just as you did, Grayson. And Bill, for me, was just an idol growing up. I mean, I, I, I can remember uh, where I was, his final broadcast of that spring game, and I had the volume on max uh, in the car as we were driving. And uh, he just meant a lot to me growing up. So I'm a senior in high school. I really didn't know where I was going to go. A lot of times people go take uh, tours of schools like their sophomore and junior year. That wasn't me. Like, I, I knew what I wanted to do but I really didn't go tour anywhere. And I can remember being at Sunset Grill, uh, which is in Mannequin Sabbath, Virginia. Shout out Grayson's older brother, Carrie, who plays there sometimes. Let's and go. My, my, dad, my dad sent a text to me and my mom and said, oh my God, Bill Roth is coming back to Virginia Tech uh, to teach and to lead the sports media and analytics program. And as I mentioned a little bit earlier in middle school, I had my own internet show that nobody listened to, right? Sports World with Evan Hughes. And I would just get on there and talk sports. Well, my mom told me that I should try and get a big-time guest on there and go out, and the worst thing that could happen is someone says no. So eighth grade Evan Hughes emails vtvoice at vt.edu, Bill Roth. As an eighth grader, this is three days before the Chick-fil-A kickoff game in Atlanta between Virginia Tech and Alabama. Okay, so this is August. And I send this email on my dad's iPhone. And, you know, my dad, it's like, I don't know if he's going to respond, Evan. I mean, it's a great, you know, again, you put yourself out there. Sure enough, Bill responds within two hours and agrees to come on my show the day after the Chick-fil-A kickoff game at like 9 or 10 in the morning. So I had already had this kind of special connection. And then three years later, when I'm a senior in high school, I find out that he's coming back and reconnected with Bill. So for me... Um, just knowing Bill and then getting to know him and knowing everything that he stands for, not just professionally, but uh, the kind of person that he is. You know Grayson. I mean, he has a heart of gold. He's one of the best human beings that I know. Uh, I knew that Virginia Tech was exactly where I wanted to be. And uh, to this day, I am so happy that I'm a Hokie. I wouldn't change my decision for the world. So, Evan, how has the sports journalism department at Virginia Tech evolved since you arrived? You just talked about Bill and everything that he's done, but what have, what have you done personally to help make it better, to help, help it grow? What's, uh, what's going on at VT in the sports journalism department? So, as many of us in the program like to say, as well as Bill, it feels like every two weeks something good is happening. It's kind of been a running joke for the last couple of years because it just constantly feels like Grayson, like something big is happening with our sports media and analytics program, whether it's uh, new equipment in the studio with the goat Paul, Paul Spaulding, or there's a new class, or uh, we, we had a really big year. So when, when, I, when I got to Virginia Tech in the fall of 2017, sports media and analytics was a concentration, uh, which counted as a minor. 
And typically it takes a long, it's a, it's a lengthy process for something to become a major. Well, by my junior year this past year, sports media analytics has become a standalone major and it's no longer the department of communication. It is the school of uh, communications and digital media, which is just a really, really big deal. And it's a testament uh, to Dr. Bob Denton, who's in charge of our communications department. Um, so we've got our own major now. We've got a brand new studio. Um, one thing that I am really feel really lucky to be a part of, I, I helped with Bill and Andrew Allegretta and so many others uh, launch 3304 Sports which is the multimedia online platform, a part of Bill's play-by-play class, which allows students to um, go out and do play-by-play at Virginia Tech athletic events, to go right at Virginia Tech athletic events, do podcasts, do sit-down interviews. Uh, We launched that in February of 2019. We've called, I think, well over 75 games at this point. Um, Everybody involved, you know, treats it super professionally, like it's a professional uh, media outlet organization, even though it's part of Bill's class. And so um, it's been really special to be a part of that. And I'm probably leaving out so much, but, you know, from the new classes that Bill has helped launch from the major to the brand new studio um, to the, you know, the professors that we're getting like Robin Reed, who's a staple down in Southwest Virginia, um, our program, it just feels like something good is constantly happening. You know, if you're in the Richmond area, you're on the intimidator, right? We just keep going straight up. And so it's just been really cool to be a part of. And I just feel so lucky to be in this program right now as we continue to grow. It's insane, man, the growth, the, the growth of the program since I left. Uh, and, and when I was there, I thought that, man, you know, this is, this is really getting big. This is getting out of control, all the things that are happening. We started getting that new equipment. And now, you know, Bill will text me or I'll, I'll reach out to maybe Jared Woolley and, and just hear the current students talk about just, man, there's this new class. There's you know, like the, the, the name of the school changed. And I'm sitting here thinking, wow, it just keeps getting better and better and better. So if you're a young broadcaster out there listening to this podcast right now and you want to be part of something truly special, come to Virginia Tech. I, I truly believe, and I, I, I am just such an advocate for it, we're here, we're on the map. Sports Media and Analytics, Virginia Tech, you know, we're continuing to grow. And we are um, just at a really great point right now, and it's awesome to get to meet high school kids that are interested in our program. And this is nothing against the Syracuses, the Arizona States, the Northwesterns, the Floridas, the Georgias, but we're continuing to build. And I'm just so thrilled about our program and specifically the opportunities that we have at our school that not other schools around the country have too. So I'm just I'm really proud to be a part of it. I'm thankful to, to, to Bill, all the professors from Dr. Robinson to Dr. Woolley. I'm going to leave so many out to Dr. Denton all the way at the top, Dr. Uh, and Dean uh, Belmonte. It's just, uh, it's amazing, Grayson. And I can't emphasize this enough for the listeners, how far we have come since 2017 to now. And it just continues as an upward trajectory. I just cannot emphasize that enough. So really quickly, what's your, you have 20 seconds in an elevator to pitch the sports journalism department to someone, to, to a young aspiring broadcaster, what do you say to him? 20 seconds. Well, 
You have the opportunity to get your work critiqued by an ESPN broadcaster, a Westwood One broadcaster, Bill Roth. You have opportunities to jump on the air, write, host podcasts the minute you step in the door at Virginia Tech on 3304 Sports. The ACC network is continuing to grow. We have opportunities on the air and off the air behind the scenes producing. Now is the time. There hasn't been a better time to come to Virginia Tech and study sports media and analytics. Unreal. That rocks. That rocks. That might have been a little too long, but no. Hey. No, you get see so you caught them as they were walking out of the elevator and they're giving you the nod. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm I'm with that. I'm coming. But and the thing is, it's more than just broadcasting too. I mean, if you want to be a writer, Virginia Tech's the place to be. A podcast host, work behind the scenes. It's everything. We we have everything to offer at Virginia Tech right now. And that's really cool that we're able to serve so many different kids who want to do different things. And it's really cool as well because, you know, as Bill says, he jokes with me that we we need everybody to be a dongle in this business. Everybody knows a dongle is what connects to a MacBook or, you know, it's that connector for the USB port. You got to be able to do a little bit of everything. So know how to do graphics and, uh, and take photos and to write and to broadcast and to do podcasts. So um, we want students to do a little bit of everything so that by the time they graduate, they have experience doing just about everything and they're ready to walk right into the real world and get jobs on day one. So Evan, I, with, with that notion in mind, I think you can attest to this. You have plenty of experience in the broadcasting field now. What are some of the biggest challenges that you have faced as a broadcaster personally? What, what makes this job uh, intimidating at some times? Are there any horror stories from, from, uh, from your time as a broadcaster that we should know about? You know, thankfully, at this point right now, no. Um, I, I'm knocking on wood as I say that, no. Uh, now, no, no horror stories to report. But, um, you, know, it's a, you know, it's a very challenging field to get into. And, you know, one thing that I've learned about this profession is you can be immensely talented. You can have both feet into this profession and work your tail off. And you might not get a job right away. It is a very competitive and hard field uh, to get into. And, um, you know, you're, you're not making a ton of money right away. Not that that's important, but you have to understand that getting into it. And personally, I love it so much. I'm willing to, you know, to have both feet in and, and see where, where it takes me. Um, so that, you know, I haven't gotten there yet, of course, in, um, uh, you know, I have one more year of school left and I'm going to hang on to that as long as I possibly can because I love it. Uh, but, you know, there's, there's a lot of, you know, I, I take a lot of pride in just, you know, the little things as a broadcaster, right? And sometimes it can be challenging, like making sure you get every pronunciation right. Isn't it annoying when an announcer can't pronounce somebody's last name? You know, they can't get Andrew Matuapawaka's name correct on the air. Um, you know, making sure for each sport that you're saying the terminology right, you know, um, you know, for softball, it's not a fastball. That's actually a rise ball and knowing the or, or wrestling, understanding the nuances of that sport. So, um, and then, you know, I, this is my favorite challenge of broadcasting. I think the, the hardest part of broadcasting actually comes off the air and that's the preparation. And I love that part of a broadcast is when I get to spend two, three, four hours, you know, leading up to a broadcast and researching Grayson Wimbish and uh, being able to mention how his brother's got an awesome band right now uh, in Richmond, Virginia, that you should totally book him for if you're listening. Uh, shameless plug for Kerry. Um, but, you know, finding different stories. Grace, you know, a player had a dad who actually made the major leagues and now he's a scout for a major league team. Finding those stories 
and then being able to relay those on the air. Because again, we're storytellers as broadcasters. So that I think is a challenge for all broadcasters, but I love that challenge because every broadcast has a different story to tell and there's different players and coaches to talk about. Uh, so that is a challenge that I love every time I'm able to put a headset on. Love that. So you've had, I see you right now, the, the other people can't see you, but I see you, you've had opportunities with both ESPN and the ACC Digital Network. You're rocking the ACC Digital Network shirt at this current moment. How did those opportunities come about exactly? Well, you know, I, I cannot emphasize how lucky I feel um, to have those opportunities because the, the, the job that our senior director of ACC Network Operations at Virginia Tech, Eric Fry, uh, uh, Daniel Gibbons, uh, so many down the line. I mean, at Hokie Vision, the job they do. Um, you know, when I when I got to Tech, Andrew Allegretto ran a um, uh, the uh, a internship program, which at the time before the ACC Network, um, he was in charge of assigning the broadcasters uh, to these different Olympic sports on ESPN three. And so my freshman year, I was actually the voice of Virginia Tech softball and did um, every home game on ESPN3 and before the ACC Network Extra really launched like it did this past year. And then uh, in between my freshman and sophomore year, you know, Virginia Tech and all the schools in the ACC made such a significant um, you know, uh, uh, investment of money into building those studios, which are, I mean, unbelievable in the South end zone. Uh, and, and so I was lucky enough to coming off my first year of summer ball in St. Cloud that Eric Fry allowed me to, uh, to keep calling games. And, you know, those opportunities are definitely hard to come by as a student. So really from that internship program with Andrew freshman year and just staying in, I feel really lucky because I, I tell you what, if you turn on a Virginia tech, um, if you turn on a Virginia Tech baseball game on ESPN3, right, even though it's not on television necessarily, the actual channel, Eric Fry, Daniel Gibbons, that entire team, Amanda Rutledge, everybody, the list goes on and on, Ryan Stankard, the students that are behind the scenes who put that together, I mean, so many of them, they, they treat it like it is the most professional telecast in the world. So I try and bring that same intensity to my preparation and the way we call games because um, I just feel lucky as a student to have those opportunities, and they make every broadcast feel like it's game seven of the World Series for any sport. So it's really a treat, and I, I just love the people that I'm fortunate enough to work with at Virginia Tech and the ACC Network. So fast forward to two weeks ago. Roughly, if, if I'm not mistaken, you just found out that you are not only an STAA All-American in the year 2020, but the second best collegiate broadcaster in the country. Numbers do not lie. Check the website, people. Check the website. Rewatch the broadcast. Evan, how did you react when you saw your name pop up on that screen? Uh, it was a wave of emotion. I'm not going to lie. Um, it was one of the happiest days of my life, but not because necessarily of the ranking, because of the people I got to spend it with and uh, just a moment with my family that was just really, really special. Um, you know, so this is the, a little bit of backstory. It's the 12th year of the Jim Nance Award. Um, you know, it's run by Sportscasters Talent Agency of America, STAA, who does a, a terrific job with it. And they help a lot of sportscasters find their next job. They put out a lot of great resources to broadcasters. And uh, so I, I had submitted the last two years I had in place. Uh, they do about 10 to 15 names, honorable mention, and then a ranking of 20 all the way down to one. Um, so 
you know, I, I spent a, 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 a decent amount of time putting my reel together. But, you know, the, the important thing is when you put a reel together at the end of the year, like I do, just to have a reel is so important. And then submit it and, and, and see what happens. Um, so submitted it in like early April and we didn't find out till May 29th. And so, um, so actually the, what they did differently this year, Grace, and typically they release a YouTube video that's pre-recorded at a certain time. And then you pull up that YouTube video and they just go honorable mention 20 through one and they deem the top six as all Americans. So this year, um, CBS sports HQ which is an online streaming service where they're going to announce the top six live. So they did a YouTube video of seven through 20 honorable mentions at three forty-five, like they used to do. And then they said, turn it over to CBS sports HQ at four o'clock for the presentation of the top six. So well, I'm watching this at my, at the comfort zone camp offices, which is the nonprofit that my parents run because we don't have cell service in Rockville, Virginia, which I could do another full podcast on. And, um, we're watching it to get service and slowly, but surely, uh, for some reason, a bunch of my friends start rolling into the office. Your brother Hampton starts rolling into the office. And, uh, so it's four o'clock and I'm thinking, Holy cow, I didn't place the last two years. I highly doubt I'm going to be top six. Well, the, the, the thing that kind of was a wave of emotion was the NBA had just announced that it was coming back at four o'clock. So they bumped the top six, from four to four fifty, so you know I'm just sitting there for about an hour, you know, starting to to, to process and, and to prep myself. Like, hey, you know what? I'm proud of the reel that I turned in. Um, I'm in a great place right now. This is just a ranking. You know, I'm I'm starting to to mentally prepare myself. And then they finally get to it, and um, it was just super special. Um, they had actually reached out to Eric Fry, the ACC Network, the week before, and um, to get some footage for it. So. Damian Salas, the great webmaster at Virginia Tech, the jack of all trades, actually reached out to my mom because he was worried that I might not be able to watch it because of my internet. So my parents found out a day before me and actually uh, texted all of my friends to come to the office. So it was kind of, it kind of turned into a watch party. Um, and so just to celebrate that with them, because my parents have sacrificed a lot um, to let me do what I do. I've been gone the last two summers, about to be third. Um, you know, I don't get to see them a ton and they've just been nothing but supportive of me all the way back since my Patriot Talk Live days. So that was special. But the thing that was most special out of all, Grayson, I'm telling you, was what it meant for our program at Tech, sports media and analytics to be number two on that list for Virginia Tech. It just validates everything that Bill, all of our professors, everything that they're doing to me, um, they, they are the ones that have a huge hand in that. So that's what I was most proud of was to represent Tech on that list. It just, it makes me smile thinking about it right now. And the high school students that reached out to Bill after that and saying they're interested in our program, that's what makes me most happy because I want to see us continue to soar for years to come. I know that you you gave gave the shout out to the professors and all that, and that's just the kind of person you are, man. You're humble. You put everybody before yourself, dude. You deserve this, man. Like, I'm I'm so proud of you guys. I've known Evan a long time. I've seen him pre PTL days, pre Patriot Talk Live days. This kid, pardon my French, works his ass off, and I know we don't cuss on the Sons of Saturday, but I I think that one. I can get away with because you do. You work your tail off, man, and I'm could not be more proud of you. And I think every professor, all of your classmates, the university as a collective as a whole is proud of Evan Hughes. So with that in mind, 
what is the end goal, Mr. Number Two, STAA gymnast finalist? What is the end goal for Evan Hughes as a broadcaster? Where do you see yourself in like five, ten years? Well, I will say, you know, one thing that I've learned about this business, I'm going to be grateful for whatever kind of job I can get out of graduation. And, um, you know, I just, if I can get a job in this field, it'll make, it'll make me really happy. So I'm, I don't really have a set plan. I will say my, my dream, if, if my dreams could come true today, um, I would love to be the voice of a university. Um, I, I think that going back to my time in high school, one thing that I loved so much about PTL, and I've been fortunate enough to do a little bit of tech now, getting to know some of these coaches, is just that. You know, I, I think the reason, you know, you think about, obviously, think about uh, John Laser right now, right? Someone who's just meant a great deal to me, a great mentor and friend. And even, you know, back when Bill was the voice of the Hokies, any play-by-play person for a school or university, sure, they want their team to win, right? Everybody wants the school that they call a game for to win. But I think that it's about the relationships that are made that kind of translate to the call and being calling a game for that team. So think about Lays, right? He's got a great relationship with Coach Fuente, both professionally and personally, right? And I think that just that example, me with Coach Davis in high school, right? When I was calling those games, sure, while I went to that school and I call a game for that team, it's the relationships that you make. You want to see those people succeed. And I love relationships. I love meeting people. So I'm sure for Lays, his call when Trey Turner scores a touchdown, sure, he's thrilled for Trey that he just scored a 75-yard touchdown and Texan the lead. But he knows Trey, and he knows how hard he works, and he knows him personally, and he's probably met his family. And and I think that you don't get that when you're – you know, you do get that to an extent when you're a network broadcaster, but you're constantly on the move. So getting to know these coaches, getting to know the fans, getting to know the, the donors, the professors, um, there's something special, I think, about being the voice of a university or a team. And so that is the end goal for me one day. I don't know where it'll take me, but I'm willing to do the work. I'm willing to go wherever, and, and hopefully one day something along the lines that it, it'll um, hopefully come true. Come out this way, man. Come out to uh, the West Coast. Maybe there's an open slot at UCLA or USC. We can hang out, be buddies. Be great. We love that. Oh, absolutely. Hey, I've got California. I, that's on my bucket list. I've always wanted to get out to California. So I will – if I do, I'm going to Jocks or Dailies. Let's Shout go. Out. Let's and go. I'm coming, I'm coming to stay with you, Grayson. Absolutely, man. Be happy to have you. So, Evan, moving right along, we're going we're gonna to do – what is called the lightning round. These are the quick little questions, kind of one, two word answers, whatever the first thing that pops in your head, that's what we want you to say. So first question in the lightning round is favorite memory broadcasting. Well, I had Patrick Henry um, calling a state championship my senior year, boys volleyball. Uh, we had not, we had, uh, Patrick Henry's been open since 1959, only one state championship in school history in 94. Our boys' volleyball program, the, I mean, uh, nobody saw it coming, made it to the Siegel Center, sitting courtside, going up against the three-time defending state champions, Princess Anne, and knocking them off in straight sets. That'll forever be one of my favorite memories. And then at Virginia Tech, um, you know, a couple, like, you know, calling the Matt on the Mound event for baseball uh, at the baseball field, uh, the Moss Art Center match for wrestling has been really cool. Uh, and then this past year, actually, 
Uh, I was fortunate when Brian Johnson, the voice of tech women's basketball and baseball was still with women's basketball during the baseball season. I got to go with tech baseball to coastal Carolina for a weekend in Georgia tech. And the final game I have called at this point was Ian Seymour striking out eight of the first 10 batters against Georgia tech. And, uh, and 14 over six innings, and now he's a second-round draft pick uh, by the Rays. So that'll be one of my favorite memories. But um, there's something special about high school sports, and so that's the first one that comes to mind for me calling a state championship. Love that. Favorite dining hall on campus? Uh, West End. Why? I think that because it's – it's. don't get me wrong, Turner's great, but I can get Cadoba off campus if I want or – uh, West End is like it's like Virginia Tech food. It's our dining hall. Um, if I, you know, if I can just try and avoid the lines as best I can, I'm taking I'm taking West End, uh, and then I would probably go with um, Owens in a close second. Fair, fair assessment. You know, West End you get the London broil. Owens you get the chicken parm. So I get it. Good choice. Very good. Choice. I, I think West End. By the way, I think so. Don't get one of the first places I ever went was with Bailey Angle, and it was. Um, Gosh, what's the name? The Gobbler, uh, the the sports bar, kind of in there. Um, yeah. I can't the even fighting, remember. I think it's the Fighting Gobbler. I fighting Gobbler. Fighting Gobbler. Uh, they've got great quesadillas, but then the pasta pizza place in the back is fire. So, uh, recommendation: if you haven't been to West End, that's the place to go. Especially if the London, if the uh, the the, the uh, steakhouse is is uh, the lines long, that's the place to go. You know what I used to call that that pasta joint in the back of West End? I called it the Carb Corner because nothing you got there was healthy. Not Do you one want thing. garlic bread, pizza, <laughs> pasta? I mean, I don't think there was – I mean, I guess there was green for salad, but that's it. Yep, pretty much it. You got the calzones, pizza, pasta. That was it. And then the salad, but it was loaded with Caesar dressing, which – Carb Corner. It was, it was great. Favorite restaurant in Blacksburg? Oh my gosh. Uh, McAdoo's is one of my all time favorites. Uh, they have one of the best burgers I've ever had. I wish Richmond would have a McAdoo's location, uh, because in the RVA, I think the closest one is Lexington to here. Uh, but I've got a couple. Okay. I, that's the, that's like my, one of my personal favorites, but I mean, I, I love PKs. That's one of the first places I ever went in Blacksburg and then Sharky's avocado wrap big fan of and so i i mean here's the thing grace i mean you can't go wrong in blacksburg like it, i don't think anybody has a place that they're like oh that's not good i mean i'm being completely serious like there's no place i would <laughs> do you cabo fish taco not a fan <laughs> oh that's right hey if you guys want to submit a, a letter of the lunch pail uh, to grayson ask him about how he feels about cabo fish taco i forgot that grayson is not a fan i will say i think their bang bang shrimp tacos are are good but uh you know, but for the most part, there's just something special about supporting local businesses too in Blacksburg and uh, the people that like one of my favorites. Um, you know, one of my best friends, David Cunningham, and all of our Econa. friends. They love, they love to go to Substation too. Yeah, I got to keep shouting out Decona because he shouted out me when he went on. So I'm shouting out Decona, uh, the man. But um, they love to go to Substation too. It's become one of my favorites. And Hamid, the owner of Substation Two, has been there for such a long time. And he's such a friendly dude. He's right there at the counter. And so that's what, for me, makes it special about, like, Blacksburg and dining. Like, I'll go wherever, just supporting local businesses. And, again, like I said, I'm the people person. Getting to know those people, even if it's in small ways, is just really, really cool. And I don't think you get that anywhere else besides Blacksburg and that college campus feel. 
Stamp wholeheartedly. Love that. Love that explanation, man. Favorite broadcaster to either watch or listen to? Well, I mean, uh, Bill Bill will always be one of my favorites. I mean, I listen to a lot of Bill and I listen to a lot of Lays. And I, I try and take a lot from them as well as Andrew Allegretto. I'm so thrilled for him. One of my mentors who was just so impactful in his time at Tech. Now the voice of Tulane, beautiful school down there. But, but aside from those three, I personally love Jim Nance. Nance is, for me, there's just something like his voice, Grayson, is just so comforting. I mean, when he says hello, friends, unbelievable. I mean, he just has a way of like when, when people say like, you know, inviting the broadcaster into your home, like they're there with you. I think Jim Nance embodies that. And I, to me, his versatility is incredible. Don't get me wrong. There are many other versatile broadcasters out there, but think about his first five months of a year, right? So he's likely once every three years, he's at least calling the AFC championship game once every three years, calling the Super Bowl. Then he's got March Madness in the final four. Then he's got the Masters. I mean, that is unbelievable. Three of the biggest sporting events within a couple of months of each other. And I think his ability, like, you know, don't get me wrong, Tony Romo, I think he's the best analyst out there. But people don't give Nance enough credit for being able to take somebody off the streets of playing football, putting him in a booth, and finding a way to make him succeed right away. I think Nance deserves a lot of credit for that. Um, But I love, love, love Jim Nance. I also love Sean McDonough, Mike Tirico. But uh, anytime I can listen to Jim Nance, I'm going to sit down and try and, like, not just listen and watch the game, listen to what he says. Sons of Jim Nance fans. Evan Hughes, big Jim Nance guy. Love that. So now we're going to move into the quarantine edition of the lightning round. Sons of snackery. What you snacking on these days, Evan? Well, I will say in quarantine, Grayson, I've had to make some lifestyle changes. So I'm trying to, uh, to get on a health kick. So uh, I have been a big fan of cashews as a snack. I've also found gluten-free rice cakes from Wegmans that are very good and are only 50 calories each. If I'm able to cheat, uh, I am a big fan of uh, Sun Chips Cheddar. Um, and, like, I don't know, you, you know the Snyder pretzels, like the honey mustard and, like, the those I could eat a full bag of. So, Sons of Enablement, how are we getting better during this quarantine? So it's actually been really a unique situation for me. One thing that I I have got to constantly get better with is I'm a go, 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 say yes to everything type thing uh, when it comes to broadcasting, which sounds great, but I've got to, I have to do a better job of being able to do a broadcast, go back and break it down and listen because nobody listens to yourself more than you. Um, So I have taken this time, like when I made the Nance reel, I probably spent 10, 12 hours going through different broadcasts that I did this year and taking notes on what I liked and what I didn't like. Um, and so being able to go back and listen, uh, one of our assignments for Bill's play-by-play class during quarantine was to write a 2000 word essay on why Vin Scully is the goat. Um, and so I went through, watched a full Vin Scully game, wrote a 2000 word paper on why he is no doubt the goat. So I've actually been listening to like the other day I came back from Virginia beach was listening to a full Vin Scully game on the way home, trying to listen to as many broadcasters as possible and see what they do. Um, and then SDAA does a bunch of Instagram live Q and A's with broadcasters. So going back, watching them, Jim Nance did one, uh, Beth Moens, just trying to absorb as much as you can. I mean, just because we can't call games doesn't mean you can't get better. 
So I've really tried to use this time, not as downtime, but an opportunity to, to work on a different side of broadcasting without physically calling a game. Sons of reading. You reading anything right now? I am reading a biography on Bill Belichick at the moment. Uh, it's written by Ian O'Connor, came out two years ago. And for those that know me, um, I am a diehard New York Jets fan. So I have grown up, you know, not disliking, well, kind of, yeah, disliking Bill Belichick and Tom Brady because they rip my heart out at least twice a year. However, Grayson, I am, I don't know. I'm I like watching the Last Dance documentary. One of the reasons I loved it so much is because you 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 took you listened to ten episodes of one of the greatest leaders the world has ever seen and seeing what he does. So reading this biography on Belichick and like the way he operates, it's it's really fascinating. I actually do like Bill Belichick, even though he rips my heart out twice a year. So just trying to gather information on like why he is so successful and his career, his failure in Cleveland, like everybody forgets that he was fired in Cleveland as a head coach. Um, so I am thoroughly enjoying it. So that's what I'm reading right now. That's great. I, I can't, I cannot believe you're reading that book as a diehard Jets fan, but Hey, to each their own sons of Spotify playlist. What are you listening to? 80s music all the time, okay? I am a huge 80s music fan. If you go through my playlist, I mean, I've, I've got a lot. You name a song, it's on there. Um, now, I will say current, I've got a lot of Luke Combs on there. Uh, it's, uh, I definitely enjoy listening to him, but I love 80s music, Grayson. I mean, I've, I'm just going to say it. Whitney Houston, one of the best voices of all time. Big fan of hers, but Staff. you name it. Doobie <laughs> Brothers, Chicago, even though it's going to 70s, Earth, Wind, and Fire. I mean, you mentioned it. I've got all the 80s and some 70s on my playlist. Love that, man. You'll have to share that playlist with me, 100%. I, I need to get the link for that. Last, uh, last question of the lightning round here, Netflix and Hulu. What are we watching? Sons of screen time. So uh, if I still had cell service, here's one of the bummers about since I moved back to Richmond. I can't load Netflix at my house. Um, so what I have to do is I have to download all these episodes before, but the show that I was in the middle of watching when all, uh, everything happened with coronavirus was the West wing. So I have only gotten to watch like one episode over the last three months. Cause I really haven't had service and be, because of the rights of it. You can't download those shows for some reason, but I watched outer banks, highly, imp uh, highly impressed, loved it. Didn't like the ending. I think it's great. I just want to say this why uh, well, you're asking about shows. I want to give a plug to my all-time favorite TV show that is on Amazon Prime. Now, it was on Netflix. Chuck, if you have watched the television show Chuck that was on NBC from 2007, 2012, please hit me up on social media so I can talk to you about it. I've watched it four times through. Incredible show from NBC. I'm just going to turn this question into what should everyone be uh, watching? Chuck is the show to watch on Amazon Prime. Sons of Chuckery. That's what it sounds like. Everybody needs to go check out Chuck, uh, myself included. I have never seen Chuck. Evan, moving right along into our final segment of the podcast, Letters from the Lunch Pail, presented by our friends at Sharky's Wing and Rib Joint on Main Street in Blacksburg, Virginia. It is where good friends go. We've got BOGO Mondays, the Sunday Wing Buffet. I wish I was there right now because – Sounds like on the East Coast, things are opening back up a little bit. Go get you some wings. Go get you a California burger. Shout out John Cranham with that little avocado and the ranch dressing. 
and uh, Sons of Brunch. Get your drink on with a Long Island iced tea or whatever Kyle Spatz is cooking up back there behind the bar. So we love Sharkies. Thank you for uh, supporting the Sons of Saturday. First letter of the lunch pail comes from our friend Connor Dixon. He asks, how hard was it to get your feet wet trying to be a college sports announcer? Is the market pretty saturated even for college students wanting to get into that field? Well, I feel lucky. I really do. I feel lucky that I did Patriot Talk Live in high school because I definitely felt like I had some experience coming into college. But um, I think the hardest thing for me about, you know, getting my feet wet, you know, the opportunities are there, but you got to be good. You've got to be good to get on the air. And so one of my, you know, I was in my, as I mentioned, the internship with Andrew Allegretta, one of best people I know on this planet, mentor, friend. And um, I didn't get on the air until February 28th. I just remember that because it's the last day of February of uh, my freshman year. And so I spent the whole first semester and second semester, I, I had a lot of improving to do. If you go back and listen to my high school stuff, I was a yeller. Like a two-yard gain was like an 80-yard touchdown run equivalency of a call for me. So I had a lot, and I still do. By no means am I there yet. Good Lord, I got a long ways to go. But I had a lot of um, of improving to do. So it was that was a, a challenge for me. But and I think that that's a challenge for all student broadcasters. You know, people expect the best, and so you've got to continue to strive to be the best. So uh, getting my feet wet, I'm almost glad that I didn't get on the air. I am glad that I didn't get on the air until basically March because. I had to improve, and I think that that's a definitely a transition, just like it is for student athletes coming from high school to college. Is hey, you know, you're no longer the, you know, the star necessarily like you were in high school. You got to work your tail off, and so um, that's what something I think myself, other college kids when they get there, getting their feet wet is getting to a point where you're good enough to be put out over the air. OxVT asks, so Evan Hughes, after winning your big award. Have the women started instinctively flocking to you like the salmon of Capistrano? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, I appreciate, Ox, the well-thought-out tweet there. I mean, that's, that's pretty clever. Um, uh, no, uh, actually, uh, surprisingly not. But I will say one of the blessings that have come out of the, of the ranking for me personally was getting to network with a lot of other student college broadcasters around the country as well as some professionals and getting my stuff reviewed. So that is something that has come out of that is kind of networking in a professional light. Hokies MC asks, Evan, we all know that your voice is amazing and you do great things with your camp, shout out in parentheses. However, is Sam Darnold the next big thing in the AFC East, and why should the Jets not be slept on this year? Thank you, Manit, my good friend. Manit, he is the GOAT, uh, also a big fan of the show. Um, listen, I, I'm just going to say it in 30 to 45 seconds. The Jets, listen, it's a rough life being a Jets fan, okay? They stand for just end their season. They stand for just endure the suffering. It is brutal being a Jets fan. I'll be the first to say it, but I love being a Jets fan. And part of the reason I love being a Jets fan right now is because we have hope 
And his name, it, hopes, it should be Sam Hope Darnold should be his name because the 23-year-old has given us hope that we have not had since, like, Brett Favre and early days of Mark Sanchez. So, yes, I do think he is the future. However, because the Jets franchise is so poor and the man has no weapons around him whatsoever, I fear that his talent will be wasted because we can't surround him with a competent offensive line the Jets had eight different offensive line starting combinations last year. Can't protect the man. Uh, so I'm a big Darnold believer. I think that he is the right guy. I just don't know if the pieces around him are the, are the right pieces. Shout out Sam Darnold, the pride of San Clemente, California. And there you go. He's been my screensaver the last two years. I actually got a chance to meet him at Redskins Jets joint training camp. So I'm a believer. I've been a believer since day one. It's the truth. And y'all, if you haven't seen that video, it's, it's, I believe it's on your Instagram, Evan, uh, where you drove all the way from, from Minnesota to come down and meet Sam Darnold. Awesome video. If you get the chance to see that moving right along, Liam Smith asks, would you rather beat the real D Kana in NCAA hoops or spend an entire day with Sam Darnold? Oh, my gosh. All right, so give some backstory real quick. And I want to make sure I do a good job of, of shouting out David Cunningham, Liam Smith. Um, I mean, God, I don't want to leave anybody out. Kevin DiDomenico, Jake Lyman, our entire 3304 Sports leadership team, everybody in 3304 Sports. It's the students. I mean, everybody. I mean, D.C. works so hard. Liam works so hard. I mean, I love those guys. They've become my best friends since I've been in college. Um, so when I first met, I really got to know David, and uh, we, we played NCAA 10 basketball. It's the last version of college basketball video game. He has it on the PS3. I have it on my Xbox 360. And um, David is unreal at NCAA 10. Like, unbelievable. Like, we, we have played many of games. Controllers have been broken. Um, you know, like, we, we, have, we go hard, but he beats me all the time. So, uh, as much as I would love to hang with Sam Darnold, I'm going to take beating David in NCAA 10 for a day because the satisfaction of beating him, and I'm going to give him props, and I hate to do it. I mean, he is so good. Borderline, I think he might cheat, but I know he doesn't. Um, I would love nothing more because David, he, he, he lets you know when he wins, but I do too for the record. So I'll take beating him in NCAA 10. Sons of the, sons of the sticks. Deacon is nice with it apparently. Okay. Dang. Dang, you must really want to beat David Cunningham. <laughs> I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd love to spend a day with Sam. I mean, I'd be uh, – and the crazy thing is I'm 21. He just turned 23. It's not like there's a huge age difference whatsoever. But, uh, no, I'm, I'm just shouting out D-Cun. I mean, I'm telling you all, we might – like Big Cat streaming right now, we might need to get D-Cun a streaming NCAA 10 Virginia – like, he went through and made rosters for every team in the ACC the year that Tech made the Sweet 16. So, like, it's like Zion. I mean, we, we, we have a ball of a time playing NCAA 10. So, anyways, shout out D-Cunna, shout out NCAA 10, and shout out Evan someday, someday, finally beating David Cunningham in NCAA 10. <laughs> You'll have to let me know when that happens. Matthew Gentile, Gentile asks – I'm sorry if I butchered that, Matthew – of the players committed to VT right now, which one would you be most excited to see take the field in Lane Stadium? Huh. Wow. That's a, a really good question. Um, you know, I, I like Matthias Carroll 
Um, I, you know, the three, uh, three-star defensive end from Maryland. First of all, I love the fact that he's an all-American wrestler, even though he's not going to wrestle uh, at Tech. Um, I'm really, uh, I, I think Tech fans should be fired up about TNT. I mean, Tier Link and Tap. Um, you know, they're 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 out there recruiting those defensive linemen, and I think Matthias Carroll is somebody. As I heard, you know, Chris Coleman was telling me um, on our last podcast, like he's got a high ceiling. He's got a a lot of potential. Uh, there's a lot of great recruits coming in though, but that's one that just kind of stuck out like his background, his bio. I mean, I tell you what, Grayson calling te- uh, tech wrestling the last couple of years, I have such a deep appreciation for wrestlers and the amount of, I mean, do you know, I mean, it is so hard. The, the shape that those guys are in, don't get me wrong. All other sports are too, but gosh, to wrestle for seven minutes and how hard they're going, you've got to be in just unreal shape so i'm excited about matthias carroll and uh what he could be as a defensive lineman for tech final letter from the lunch pail comes from jersey hokey 29 how does evan approach covering a sport like wrestling where he was originally out of his depth he's progressed well was that a backhanded compliment Time out. A compliment from Jersey Hokey 29 means the world. Uh, you talk about a, I mean, just an awesome supporter of not just Virginia Tech athletics, but our the wrestling program at Virginia Tech. I mean, he is on it. He doesn't miss a match. Uh, that was a really, really cool thing for me. Eric asked me my sophomore year if I would be interested in covering wrestling, and I was all in. I was like, yes, I'm, I'm so in. And But I had a lot to learn. Um, you know, a broadcaster that I love to listen to is Mike Cousins. He does the uh, play-by-play of wrestling uh, on ESPN, and he was the one who did the play-by-play of Makai Lewis's national championship. But he doesn't have a wrestling background either, and he really learned the sport. So um, I took I, – I love that challenge. I, I spent about – and don't get me wrong, Jersey Hokie 29, I've got more to improve. I've talked with Coach Roby about this. I'm learning on – uh, doing a better job of recognizing moves and being able to, to throw those out there. So I'm going to be hashtag get better uh, for uh, the upcoming wrestling season. But I watched a lot of YouTube videos. Flow wrestling was extremely helpful in learning that uh, in the sport and the nuances of it. And then I can't help uh, shout out Peter Long, who actually just left Virginia Tech last year. He's now at Seton Hall, one of the best SIDs and individuals I know. He was the wrestling SID and he was really helpful to me inviting me into the wrestling room, Coach Roby uh, and his staff, like letting me come into practice and watch and learn and go to their scrimmages. Um, so it's been, it's been really, really awesome to learn that sport. And it's one of my favorite sports to cover now just because of not only tech being so good, but I mean, how much fun of a sport it is to cover. I mean, when someone gets a pin, oh my goodness. I mean, it's such an electrifying moment because the fan base is all into it. Uh, so Anyway, that's kind of how I learned it. And then getting uh, my analyst for some of those matches uh, is a gentleman by the name of Daryl Weber, who's a national champion from, I believe it was the 80s or 90s with, uh, from Iowa. And Iowa is one of the top wrestling schools. So to get to pick his brain on broadcast and learn some learn more terminology, I'm a sponge when it comes to wrestling. So Jersey Hokie 29, hit me up. I'm ready to get better for the upcoming season. Incredible. Evan, the last thing that we do on this podcast, you know how it goes, are shout-outs. Who are you shouting out today? So I'm shouting out, uh, first of all, all of my fellow friends and colleagues in our sports media and analytics program. Uh, I want to make sure I really harp on this because without their work, we wouldn't be where we are today. So, uh, I I mean, I don't want to leave anybody out necessarily, but 
Um, again, like David Cunningham, right, who works his tail off, one of my best friends and all that he does. Um, shout out Jake Lyman and Kevin Domenico, two rising broadcasters. Keep your eye on them, folks. Uh, they, are, they are stars coming up. Um, Sh- uh, Shakir on our leadership team. Liam Smets, uh, who does all of our photography and graphics. Oh, my God, folks. He is so talented. Some of my great friends. Shout out Damian Salas, the webmaster at Tech, who has become a friend and a colleague. I mean, he is the GOAT. He does a lot of things behind the scenes. I've got a list here on my notes, Grace, and I'm so I came prepared for this. The SID department at Virginia Tech, the unsung heroes behind the scenes, game notes, graphics, social media, game recaps. Those folks work so hard behind the scenes. Shout out the graphic of uh, from the uh, part of my take uh, that was done. Pack your bags, dogs. I mean, that's awesome. That's the SID team at Virginia Tech. Uh, a couple of more shout outs here. Uh, the class of 2020. And the graduates, my sister just graduated class of 2020, those that are going off to high school, those who just graduated college, making the most of a difficult situation. Shout out the class of 2020. Shout out Bill. Shout out Lee. Shout out Andrew Allegretta, three of my great mentors and friends. And then last but not least, I'm closing my shout out with this. Shout out the Wimbish family. Shout out uh, Randito. Uh, Mr. Wimbish, uh, love Mr. Wimbish so much. Uh, getting to talk sports with him when I go over there. Uh, for those that don't know, Grayson's mom is one of the nicest human beings on this planet. Mrs. Wimbish, shout out Jill. She is a stud. Uh, and then, of course, Hampton, one of my best friends who's my age. And then uh, Carrie, Carrie Wimbish, folks, I'm telling you guys, he's a, amazing on the guitar and a singer. If you need someone, Carrie Wimbish Band. Uh, there's a website I'm sure Grayson can plug, but I love the Wimbish family. I'm thankful. Um, for you guys uh, and for you for letting me come on, Grayson, and just appreciate your friendship. And uh, you the man. I'm proud of you, man, and all you're doing. So this was a ton of fun. Evan, thank you so much for coming on, man. Thank you for being here. Thank you for that very, very kind shout out that you just gave to, to my family and I. We love you. We appreciate you. We're excited for you to see you grow. I know you're going to go on to do big and bad things, man. And maybe one day, who knows, you'll be, you'll be on Fox Sports out here in the studios in LA with me. And honestly, I hope it happens. But I get you got your 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 voice of a teen dreams, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. I th- I th- you know, I, th- I think that the ceiling is very, very high for Evan Hughes. Well, I appreciate you, Grace, and I appreciate uh, Bill and Pat as well. I hope they're doing well and just, uh, you know, thank everybody at Virginia Tech for just being so you know, gracious to me, allowing me to call Tech games and the people who allow me to do that. I love doing it and I look forward to another year of doing it here before I graduate. And so um, just thank you again for having me and uh, look forward to listening to many more. 100%, man. And you know what? I, I, rescind my, uh, I rescind my last remark. There is no ceiling with Evan Hughes. You're going straight to the top, brother, and I can't wait to see you there, dog. Sons and daughters, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you in the next one.